It's uh, 16 April. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the CG Prophecy Report. The world's largest safe space. Yeah, that and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. The world's largest safe space. What do you think that is? What's that? Don't go there. We're going there. I'm telling you. Okay, we got some news from Israel today. From the Times of Israel, eyeing Moscow, Finland, to purchase Israel's David Sling anti-missile system. Finland said that it will purchase Israel's David Sling missile defense system in an initial deal worth some $344 million. The David Sling system will extend the operational range of Finland's ground-based air defense capabilities significantly. This acquisition will create a new capability for the FDF to intercept targets at high altitude. At the same time, we are continuing the ambitious and long-term development of Finland's defense capability in a new security environment. David Sling, produced by Rafael Advanced Defense Systems, is capable of intercepting rockets and missiles at a range of 28 to 185 miles. The statement said that Finland's minimum flight altitude requirement of the system was set at 9.3 miles. David Sling, also known as the Magic Wand, has been operational in Israel since 2017 and makes up the middle tier of Israel's multi-layer missile defense capabilities, which also included the short-range, anybody, the short-range ones coming right in? Iron Dome, yes, okay, and a top-level row of uh, Arrow 2 and Arrow 3 systems, which are intended to engage long-range ballistic missiles. So there you go with that. From the Times of Israel, worst kept secret. This goes back to about nine days ago, maybe, but it was just so cute that I had to include it. Uh, Everybody knows this, but sometimes things happen and uh, then somebody gets in trouble for doing something he shouldn't have done, which happened here in a tweet. Ex-Prime Minister Barack seems to confirm Israel has nuclear weapons. I mean, it's no secret. Everybody knows it, but they have never acknowledged it openly. Former Prime Minister Barack appeared to confirm on Twitter that Israel has nuclear weapons, something Israel officials have heavily implied but avoid publicly confirming as a matter of policy. In conversations between Israelis and Western diplomatic officials, there are deep concerns raised of the possibility that if the coup in Israel succeeds, a messianic dictatorship that possesses nuclear weapons and fantastically wishes for a confrontation with Islam centered on the Temple Mount, obviously that's insane thinking, but will be established in the heart of the Middle East, tweeted Barack in his latest criticism of the government's judicial overhaul. It sounds exactly like something that the left would say in this nation. Now, it's just crazy how the left takes things and completely distorts and twists them, but the Demona Nuclear Research Facility, officially called the Shimon Peres Negev Nuclear Research Center, is said to be the home of Israel's alleged nuclear weapons program. Foreign estimates have claimed that Israel maintains a nuclear weapons cache ranging from dozens to hundreds of warheads. But Israel's never formally acknowledged possessing a nuclear arsenal, instead maintaining a policy of nuclear ambiguity. So he kind of put his foot in his mouth, but they've done this before, and then they always back up and they say, well, there's no confirmation of this, and whatever. Anyway, I would think a former prime minister would know. 
Anyway, from Israel Hayom, UAE President Netanyahu discussed strengthening ties in phone call. There's been a surge in Israeli-Palestinian violence in recent months and concern that tensions could increase during the Muslim month of Ramadan, which this year coincides with Judaism's Passover and Christian Easter. Israel's also reportedly conducted several airstrikes in Syria. Uh, The UAE president said his country would work with Israel, Arab nations, and international partners to avoid regional escalation. Sheikh Mohammed described the UAE's ties with Israel, forged in 2020 under the U.S. brokered pact known as the Abraham Accords, as a strategic choice for peace and development, saying the UAE sought increased collaboration across multiple sectors. This is the final week of Ramadan, and then that'll be behind us. But they are working together instead of, you know, doing what they used to do, which is blaming Israel for everything. From the Times of Israel, UN Security Council to meet on Jerusalem violence in fourth emergency session in months. How many other countries do they have emergency sessions at the UN Security Council on, and yet four times on Israel? Times of Israel, UN Special Coordinator condemns Lebanon rocket fire, calls for wider escalation to be avoided. In other words, Lebanon sends bombs into Israel, and then immediately the rest of the world says, Israel, you are not to respond to that. Okay, any country on this planet that gets attacked always responds, but Israel's not allowed to. That's what that means. Okay, we got some news from Christianity today. I'd like to congratulate my friend Harv. This guy has finished the chronological Bible twice with the Bible typer. He just sits there and types the Bible continuously. And he's learning the Bible as he goes, and he's also learning, he's improving his typing skills. So my hat is off to him. We've got several other people that do this, and from time to time we hear from them. But I can't imagine having typed the entire Bible two times now. And he's only been at it a short amount of time, so rather incredible. Okay, from the post-millennial FBI, I'm sure you heard this. If you didn't, I'd like you to pay attention because it is important. FBI sent undercover agents into Catholic churches to investigate domestic extremism. We talked about this in the past where a bulletin came out saying we need to watch anybody that does a Catholic mass in the Latin language. Oh, that's domestic terrorism. And that was filed away. They said, okay, we're not going to do that, etc. The guy made a mistake. He was just making an analysis and they covered it up. They actually sent people into Catholic churches. If they are doing that in Catholic churches, they are doing it elsewhere as well. Be apprised of this, okay? The Weaponization of Government Committee has discovered that the FBI sent undercover agents into Catholic churches to investigate those parishes for domestic extremism. That is not the problem. I'm going to tell you what, if you want to know domestic extremism and where people are talking about it, there are a lot of other places you can focus on, and it is not Catholic churches, okay? Based on the limited information produced by the FBI to the committee, Jim Jordan writes in a letter to the FBI, Director Ray, we now know that the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to produce its analysis and that the FBI proposed that its agents engage in outreach to Catholic parishes to develop sources among the clergy and church leadership to inform on Americans practicing their faith. Just think of, you know, we could have somebody sitting in this church right now that is spying on us. Well, they don't have to because they can watch it streaming online anytime. Anytime we're open, that the thing is going. But that is literally crazy that the U.S. government would be doing this, but they are doing it. 
Jordan notes this shocking information and that it reinforces the need for the FBI. The FBI should just be shut down. That's what needs to happen. But he said they need to respond to the committee's subpoenas and requests for information. He brings up the leaked bulletin from an FBI field office in Richmond earlier this year, which identified Catholics who attend, as I said, Latin Mass as potential domestic extremists. This is what's going on in the United States of America right now. They are targeting people like you and me because we believe in Jesus and we don't hold to the value of the left in this nation. That's the only reason why they're doing this. From the Christian Times, uh, this is something that came out about one and one half, maybe two weeks ago now. I'm only going to read you the title, and then I'll read you another article on it. Thailand arrests 63 Chinese Christians seeking asylum. They arrested these people. They were going to send them back to China where they would have either gone to prison or been executed. They escaped from China. They went to South Korea. They were there for a while. They couldn't stay. They went to Thailand. Thailand eventually said, you can't stay here any longer. We're going to get rid of you. And these people were scared to death. They were crying on the bus. They were scared to death. Concho Valley homepage. Anybody know where Concho Valley is? Texas. Chinese Christian asylum seekers settle in Tyler, Texas. Good. A group of more than 60 members of a Chinese Christian church will be starting a new life in Tyler after fleeing from China due to extreme persecution. The organization said that the Chinese citizens were previously in South Korea for more than a year, but will no longer be sheltered there due to political pressure from China to return them to re-education camps. Nice. The group was granted humanitarian parole status by U.S. authorities. The Shenzhen Holy Reformed Church, also known as the Mayflower Church, is made up of 28 adults and 32 children. The group reportedly left the PRC in November of 2019, went to South Korea after receiving threats from interrogations from PRC police. The organization said the group traveled to Thailand to seek refuge. The group was detained in Thailand by immigration on March 30th. The families were reportedly separated at two facilities. The quick intervention by the U.S. government surely saved the lives of all the men, women, and children. U.S. officials successfully negotiated the release of the Mayflower Church into the United States custody, boarding planes to arrive in America. That is happy news because that could have gone very south very quickly. Thank God there's people willing to stand up for those folks still in the U.S. From the Times of Israel. Oh, I'm sorry. We got some news from the Mideast and Africa today. From the Times of Israel. Iran names envoy to UAE after nearly eight-year absence as ties thaw. Okay, so this is UAE and Iran getting back together. Iran has named an ambassador to the UAE nearly eight years after his predecessor left as a thaw in relations with the Gulf Arab states picks up pace. The move comes after Iran welcomed an Emirati ambassador last September, ending a six-year absence. The UAE had cut the level of its diplomatic representation after neighboring Saudi Arabia severed ties with Iran in 2016, following the ransacking of the Saudi diplomatic missions in Iran by protesters angered by its execution of a leading Shiite cleric. After several of its Gulf allies led the way, Riyadh restored diplomatic relations with Tehran last month in a fence-mending deal brokered by Beijing. The Sunni-led Saudi Arabia and Shiite Iran are regional rivals. From Breitbart, Saudi Arabia and Iran to reopen embassies 
and resume flights after Beijing meeting. So you got the UAE, Saudi Arabia is also uh, making friends with them again. The foreign ministers of Iran and Saudi Arabia met for an extensive meeting in Beijing, China, that resulted in the former restoration of diplomatic ties. This was about two or three weeks ago and promises to restore flights between their countries and reopen each other's embassies within 60 days. A couple weeks later, they're in the process of doing this. Saudi Arabia, Foreign Minister Farhan and Iranian Foreign Minister Abdullahian committed in late March to an in-person meeting before the ongoing month of Ramadan concluded. They met that goal in Beijing under the auspices of the CCP. Iran and Saudi Arabia were each other's top geopolitical rivals for years, separated by their religious split. Iran is the world's largest Shiite Muslim nation, while Saudi Arabia's Sunni region is home to the unholiest sites in Islam, I said unholiests, and their alliances in the region. Both countries are still embroiled in a proxy war in Yemen, which is now coming to an end, maybe. Saudi Arabia supporting the legitimate government and Iran backing the terrorist Houthi insurgency and belong to separate geopolitical factions. Iran's alliances with Russia, the Bashar al-Assad regime in Syria, and Qatar have typically clashed with Saudi Arabia's friendly relations with the United States and Gulf states, such as the UAE and Kuwait, and Egypt as well. Riyadh announced that it had brokered a deal to thaw its relationship with Iran in March, following the deterioration of the relations between Saudi Arabia and the U.S. under leftist Biden. In other words, because Biden has incompetently handled the Middle East, they are now realigning and they're doing it under Beijing. They are the ones that are brokering all of this. The announcement occurred after senior leaders from Tehran and Riyadh met in China. The meeting was meant to clarify logistics regarding the restoration of diplomatic relations, according to both Saudi and Iranian media. The Saudi press agency reported that the two foreign ministers agreed to reopen both their embassies and consulates within 60 days and negotiate the restoration of flights connecting the two countries. From the Times of Israel, Lebanon says it will complain to Security Council over Israel retaliatory strikes. So, as I brought up under Israel, Lebanon bombed Israel. It doesn't matter who in Lebanon did it. It came from Lebanon. Israel has a right to retaliate. They retaliate, and what happens? They complain to the UN Security Council. Lebanon's foreign ministry said that the country would file a complaint to the UNSC over Israel's rare airstrikes in the country, which were retaliation for rocket fire into Israel as part of a wider escalation that also included Jerusalem and the Gaza Strip. The ministry tweeted the deliberate Israeli bombardment and attack at dawn today on areas in southern Lebanon, which constitutes a flagrant violation of Lebanon's sovereignty and a flagrant violation of the UNSC Resolution 1701 and threatens the stability that the Lebanese South used to enjoy. From Breitbart, Canadian police say bus knife assault was Islamic State terrorist attack. Now, this happened a couple weeks ago, and their media has been very quiet on this. The attack occurred on a bus traveling through Surrey, British Columbia. The bus had about 20 passengers on board at the time. According to Metro Vancouver Transit Police, subject, 
Suspect Abdul Aziz Kawam threatened someone at a bus stop and brandished a knife holding it to the victim's throat before boarding the vehicle and getting into an altercation with a different person. During that altercation, one of the men allegedly took out a knife and slashed the other male's throat. He was charged with committing an offense for the benefit of a terrorist organization, namely ISIS, and was also charged with one count of attempted murder, two counts of assault with a deadly weapon, and one count of possessing a weapon for a dangerous purpose. I'm thoroughly surprised that they charged him as a terrorist, but the fact is that nobody is talking about that up there. Very, very few reports that I have found on that report from the BBC. Canada repatriating women and children from Syria camps. So they've got this going on, and yet they're still bringing people in from these Syria camps. Not smart. Okay, we got something interesting from Mongolia. We had a good one last week, didn't we? Well, this one is good, too. From IntelliNews, Mongolia surfing the seven seas. Capital C, small s, the seven seas. This time last year, Mongolia faced a difficult future with a high risk of debt default. The country's main trade partner, China, had mostly closed its borders and reduced imports of coal and copper, Mongolia's two most important exports. Since then, the outlook for the economy has greatly improved and the country's financial position is also considerably better. There is no risk of default, and the country should be able to reduce its debt burden to a more comfortable level in the coming years. The reason for the improvement of the country's current position and in the outlook can be summarized under seven C's. I'm not going to read you the detail of the seven C's, but here they are. China, copper, coal, casinos, corruption, credits, and civil society. So now you know. Sailing the seven C's. Okay, from Daniel. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From Breitbart. AI develops cancer drug. Now, AI can be used for good and it can be used for bad. I know everybody is against AI in the world today, but all technology, all technology is neutral. Okay, it's what we do with technology that makes it good or bad. So, AI develops cancer drug in 30 days, predicts life expectancy with 80% accuracy. AI technologies invented by scientists at the University of British Columbia and BC Cancer has succeeded in discovering a previously unknown treatment pathway for an aggressive form of liver cancer, designing a new drug to treat it in the process. The team also deployed AI to determine a patient's life expectancy by having it analyze doctor's notes. The medical advances came about thanks to AlphaFold, a protein structure database featuring AI analysis that can design potential medicines. The team's work focused on heptatocellular carcinoma, which is a common and aggressive form of liver cancer. The feat was accomplished in just 30 days from target selection and after only synthesizing seven compounds. The system used to predict life expectancy used natural language processing, a branch of AI that understands complex human language to analyze oncologist notes following a patient's initial consultation visit. The model identified characteristics unique to each patient, predicting 6, 36, and 60 months survival with greater than 80% accuracy. From Zero Hedge, Amazon partners with De Beers, to grow fake diamonds for quantum computing. Element six, 
will work with Amazon Web Services Center for Quantum Networking to develop next-generation data transmitting technology over long distances. The transmission of data in quantum networking will be on the subatomic level and goes beyond today's fiber optic network. The lab-grown diamonds will be integrated into network components that allow data to travel longer distances without degradation. We want to make these networks quantum networks for AWS. The technology could be used in a matter of years rather than decades. AWS is likely to adopt quantum networks in the second half of this decade as it offers faster and more secure data transmission technology. This will enable AWS to handle a greater share of the world's computing and information storage, thereby increasing Amazon's profits, which is what it's all about, but there you go. It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From the Gateway Pundit, Canada, out of control. Toronto asks federal government to decriminalize hard drugs for kids. The City of Toronto has released its sweeping plan to decriminalize all hard drugs, including fentanyl and crack cocaine for any age. Toronto's request is even more lenient than the decriminalization order granted to the entire province of British Columbia by sub-Prime Minister Trudeau earlier this year. The city is asking that the federal government grant a Health Canada exemption for all drugs extending even to children. In British Columbia's case, the granted exemption only applies to adults. The report claims that decriminalization should be offered to all people in Toronto, including youth. Toronto City report to Canadian federal government, criminalization does not effectively deter youth substance use. The data show that youth in Toronto between ages of 12 and 17 use unregulated drugs and are vulnerable to the same harms associated with criminalization as adults. In other words, we've lost the drug war, so let's just let them all have it. That's it. Let them all have it. Zero Hedge. CDC found COVID-19 vaccine uh, safety signals months earlier than previously known files show. In other words, they lied to you. The CDC found more than 700 signals that the vaccines could cause adverse events, including acute heart failure and death in May of 2022, the files show. The CDC detected many of the same signals in July 2022. The files show that the first time the CDC calculated a proportional reporting ratio on vaccine injury reports, signals were identified. The analysis went over reports lodged between December 14, 2020 and May 6, 2022. The CDC initially claimed that it didn't run the PRR, a data mining method on the injury reports made to the VAERS. The CDC later claimed that it started the method in February 2021, shortly after the vaccines were rolled out. Both of these claims were false. The CDC ultimately said, adding that it didn't start until March 2022. When the first analyses were done that month, CDC employees identified more than 200 signals for Pfizer's shot and 93 signals for Moderna's vaccine, the files show. Those analyses compare the events lodged after receiving one vaccine with events lodged after receiving another or several others. From Zero Hedge. Bombshell Vax Analysis finds $147 billion in economic damage, tens of millions injured or disabled. 
Research from Finance Technologies split the impact of the vaccines into four broad categories to estimate the human costs associated with the COVID-19 vaccine. No effect or asymptomatic, those who sustained injuries, mild to moderate outcome, those who became disabled, severe outcome, and death, extreme outcome. Well, yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) Data on vaccine disabilities and injuries comes directly from the BLS. While the excess death figures are derived from official figures on deaths in the United States via two different methods. In analyzing each of these categories, finance used absolute excess lost work time to determine that the direct economic cost of vaccine injuries was $79.5 billion in 2022 and $52.2 billion for those with severe disabilities. For deaths, Finance used the average yearly absolute rise in excess deaths since 2021, which was 0.05% for the 25 to 64-year-old demographic, which amounted to $5.6 billion in lost productivity. In total, they found a total economic cost of $147.8 billion in 2022 due to the COVID-19 vaccines in one year. Yeah. There you go. Yep. NTD. Biden administration extends COVID-19 vaccine mandate for foreign arrivals. They've claimed that the pandemic is over about a week and a half ago. But if you're coming into the country, you still have to be vaccinated unless you walk over the southern border. The mandate was extended to May 11th. Morality is declining from Breitbart. Florida House passes bill defining sex as immutable biological trait, says pronouns must match. Good job for Florida. Breitbart, Florida Senate passes six-week heartbeat abortion ban from the Hill. Texas Senate advances bills restricting some access to drag shows for kids. ABC, Kansas bans transgender athletes from women's girls sports. So far, so good on all of them. Mail Online, Kansas passes bill forcing residents to use bathroom of the sex that they were at birth and also bans transgender people from changing their name or gender on driving licenses. From ABC, Indiana, Idaho ban transgender children from accessing gender-affirming care. From the Idaho Capital Sun, new law makes it a crime in Idaho to provide gender-affirming care to transgender youth. All good so far in one week. From the AP, newly veto-proof North Carolina GOP files transgender bans because even if he vetoes them, which he will, they can override him. Yes. All good news. First time in the history of morality. Okay, there's a lot of bad morality. I just thought I'm not going to focus on it this week. Okay, we got some other news from around the world, from just the news. Florida lawmakers file legislation to reject central bank digital currencies. Florida could become one of the first states to reject via legislation plans by the Fed to implement a central bank digital currency. House Bill 7049 and related bill, Senate Bill 7054, both define the terms of central bank digital currency and money for the purpose of the U.S. Uniform Commercial Code, which is a uniformly adopted state law for the transaction of interstate commerce. 
both bills would prohibit the use of both federal and foreign-owned CBDC as money while still allowing virtual currencies like Bitcoin. Smart move. Zero Hedge. DOD official testifies that the military must be, U.S. military, that's a lot of people, a safe space for the non-binary. Yes, when a rainbow-colored Navy training video on the proper use of preferred pronouns surfaced last year, many people thought it was a joke. The Babylon Bee made a joke out of it. Sadly, many people were wrong. Recently, a top DOD official offered testimony to Congress that doubled down on the video's underlying message. The armed services must be a safe space in which each and every member feels validated and affirmed on his and or her journey of self-discovery. Well, what about Zer and Z and Zem and all of those others? Remarkably, the video discussed how to make the Navy a safe space for people who wish to explore their gender identity. People traditionally joined the Navy to explore the world and burnish their character, not to explore their gender identity and sexual preferences. This puts a new twist on basic training. Am I a boy or a girl? It's really basic. The DOD's chief diversity and inclusion officer reportedly told the House Armed Services Committee that the concerns young Americans have about safety are negatively impacting military recruiting. That's not what's impacting it at all. It's exactly the opposite. The CDIO further claimed that potential recruits do not feel safe reporting to work for fear of discrimination. Well, if they weren't in the military, we wouldn't have this problem. If service members valued their lived experiences, owned truths, and individual gender journeys over their collective ability to perform their mission and defeat the enemy, uh, I won't say what, but they use a word that says, this is really bad, doesn't begin to describe what we are as a nation. From Fox, Air Force loosens applicants' body fat requirements amid U.S. obesity surge recruiting struggles. Okay, you are now in the U.S. Air Force and you can just go in with pretty much any weight. Air Force expected to miss active duty recruiting goal by 10% in 2023. So how do we solve it? Change the standards. Less weaken the standards. Breitbart, over 72% of New York City violent crime suspects freed without bail go on to commit more crimes. No, that, that can't be. This I can't read this. That's not true. Study by researchers at John Jay College of Criminal Justice reviewed cases prior to the New York law taking effect and cases after the law was implemented where most suspects arrested for crimes are not required to pay any bail to be released from jail. Overall, the study found that 47% of New York City suspects previously charged with felonies were arrested for crimes, including more than 31% of whom were rearrested for felonies, more than 17% rearrested for violent crimes, and also 4% arrested for firearm charges. In all three categories, felonies, violent crimes, and firearm charges, felony suspects had a higher rate of rearrest after they were released without bail than those who were arrested and required to post bail before the new law went into effect. Similarly, these violent crime suspects were arrested for felonies at a more than 50% rate after being released without bail and rearrested for violent crimes at an almost 36% rate. And yet Donald Trump has been charged for something that 
is already expired, by the way. The statute of limitations is over. But we got to do this instead of focusing on that. From Newsmax, car makers, AM radio removal is attack on conservative talk shows. Did you know the car makers are starting to get rid of AM radios? This is the left's way of getting rid of people that want to listen to AM radio talk shows. Rush Limbaugh and Mike Levine and all these people, Dennis Prager, done. And they'll figure something out. But I'm telling you, this is just another attack on your rights. And it's done by the liberals forcing this into the car companies or the liberal people in charge of the car companies. Plans by auto manufacturer Ford and others to eliminate AM radios from new cars are an attack on conservative talk shows, Mark Levine said. Let's talk about radios for a minute. Ford is the latest manufacturer that says the future production of cars will not include the AM platform. BMW has said it, others have said it, because it interferes with something or another. They finally figured out how to attack conservative talk radio. Let me be the first one to say it, right at the manufacturer level, rather than going after us through the FCC, rather than going after us through legislation, rather than going after us through boycotting advertisers and all the rest, just don't make AM stations available in automobiles anymore. Because not all, but most conservative talk shows are on the AM band. Levine said removing the AM band in new car radios would prohibit drivers from tuning into shows like his to get their info. This idea that all of a sudden you're going to remove the AM band from cars, that's aimed at people like me to prevent people like you from turning on your radio as you drive in your own local area or general area and listen to the station. That's what it's all about. Remove Ford. Yeah. Ford, it doesn't matter. They're all going to do it. They're all going to do it. They're just going to follow suit, and they're not going to save two cents on this. It doesn't cost anything to put that into a radio. Zero Hedge. California to front. This is going to go over really well. I can't wait to see the positive results. California to front 20% down payments with 0% interest for home buyers with incomes up to $211,000. While the state has long offered home buyer assistance through the state's housing finance agency, a new program, the California Dream for All Shared Appreciation Loan Program, will give the state a proportionate interest in the property they're helping with. The state of California can give up to 20% for a down payment and closing costs. It's a 0% interest rate. The payments are deferred for the entire life of the loan. When you sell the property or refinance the loan, they take up to 20% of the appreciation. The homeowner gets to keep 80%. Another consideration are tax breaks, which become available to homeowners, which can be significant enough to help offset the cost of mortgage payments and which, of course, assumes the homeowner makes enough to pay taxes in the first place. In theory, when someone sells a home financed with the HFA's assistance, any profits made by the state will go back into the program, which will in turn fund new 0% loans. We're going to see great results out of that. Trust me on this, folks. Just one thing after another with these people. You know what? I've lived on Siesta Key now, minus my time in the military and a couple other things that I did. It didn't take too long, but, you know, my whole life. I've been out there since uh, uh, 19, when was I born? 1964. Okay. There has never been a time that there hasn't been a string of for sale signs, ever. Now, we've been out there forever, and we've lived out there, and everybody else has come and gone 
5,000 times, okay, every house out there. Why do you think that is? Because people buy up to the level that they can't afford. That's, that's human nature. When you just give people free money, it's only going to exacerbate the problem. That's all it's going to do. People that are conservative will generally buy what they can afford with spare, okay? That's just the way that you're brought up. If you don't do that, if you go to the edge of your extreme, you're going to have a bad accident or you're going to, something's going to happen and you're going to lose your home. And this is what they count on from Fox. Florida woman found with 24 pipe bombs pleads guilty to avoid jail. Focus on mental health. Can you imagine that? Donald Trump is facing prison for nothing. And they're letting a woman out 24 pipe bombs. You know, this is a federal crime. I mean, it has to be something that the feds are just saying, we don't want this person to have to go to jail. We got people up in Washington right now that are in prison for two and three and four years waiting for a trial for not doing anything but riding on a bus to support the president. From Newsbusters, Nets, meaning ABC, NBC, CBS, spend 658 minutes on Trump. Zero seconds on Biden family corruption. From Fox, Whole Foods in San Francisco. Yes, I know you know it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Closing one year after opening due to safety concerns. The store is closing only for the time being due to drug use and crime near the location, which means they are never going back. Okay. Who said it? Mentioning Jesus in your speech, small government. Doing what Jesus asked, big government. He's right about it, even though he's a bit of a lefty, Stephen Colbert. Yeah, if you mention Jesus in your speech like any normal politician on the right will, you believe in small government. But if you say, we have to do what Jesus did, when they don't even believe in Jesus, it means they're going to be spending all of your money. Okay, very well said. But that's taking Jesus out of context. Okay, that's what Democrats do. All right. Got a lesser here for you. Despite what you may think, it's no joke. Our Navy's not sleeping, but woke. Seems the enemy's sin, both without and within, and the sailors don't speak, but Miss, M-I-S-S, spoke. Good job. Okay, I got a little bit of irony here for you. Uh, listen, I try to encourage you at the end of these every week. This week, I'm going to encourage you as self-promotion. And I hate to do this, but I absolutely assure you, if you're listening to this and you don't listen to the sermons, if you listen to today's sermon, because it deals with things that we're dealing with in this update, you will enjoy it. I absolutely ensure it. If not, I will send you your money back. And seeing as how you don't make any money, you don't get any money back. But I I assure you that if you click on the sermon called Joshua 19, 10 through 16, it's only seven verses. I'm not going to take a long time to get through it. The Inheritance of Zebulun. I've never promoted my sermons other than to say in general, you need to stop watching updates and watch sermons. And I usually include anybody that does a good job on the Bible, okay? I don't just arbitrarily promote the superior word. But you will appreciate this sermon. Trust me on this, okay? If you don't, I understand you can send me an angry email. You will appreciate the sermon, okay? There's my uh, self-promotion and your encouragement for the week because that will encourage you. Okay, Epic Times, at least one dead, 
28 injured after roof collapses during death metal concert in <laughs> Illinois. Yes, I know it's sad, but death metal, okay? And then from Yahoo. COVID is still out there. My friend sent me this, and it's just ironic. I got to read you a little from the text so that you get how dumb these people are. COVID is still out there. Here's what to do if you get it now. Paula Cannon, a virology professor at the University of Keck School of Medicine, she said, people should also be aware that no symptoms is also a symptom of COVID. <laughs> Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week. <laughs>